What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. My guest this week is Paul Seal. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's a, a very warm Saturday here uh, as we're recording, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll knock this out in one take and not have to sit in this uh, hot box very long. Yeah, hopefully. Actually, it's it's been pretty warm over where you're at in the uh, in the UK, right? Yeah, I think it's had um, like 38, like 106 Fahrenheit, I think it was, something like Goodness. that. Goodness. Oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah. I mean, okay, I can't complain then because it's only been in the 90s here. Oh, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you're up to, and uh, what do you do? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm Bracco MVP. Um, so I'm a Bracco web developer. I work for a gold partner called Moriyama, and uh, we specialize in... Um, really large Umbraco sites or difficult uh, Umbraco sites to work with and um, we try and improve them you know and we tackle the more difficult problems uh, people come to us when they've had trouble maybe upgrading their site or they've you know finished with one agency and they they, they want someone who's been around for a good while so yeah that, that's what I do I work for um, Moriyama and i I feel like I get to do my hobby every day for a living from home uh, in the in the spare room, which is my office. Um, so I'm I'm feeling a really lucky position uh, that I get to do this for my for my living. That sounds like the the dream that like every creative has is uh, what there's a there's that saying of like if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Is that true for you? Do you not feel like it's work, but it's yeah. more like just play? Yeah, it does feel like that. I do feel like um, a little bit like it's too good to be true, like there's some sort of catch somewhere. But at the moment, I've been in this job uh, getting on for a year now and uh, just keeps getting better for me. Um, they send me to Denmark for the annual Umbraco conference and different ones around the UK as well. And just just get to enjoy what I do. That sounds awesome. So for the uninitiated, please let us know what Umbraco is. So Umbraco is a content management system um, built in .NET. So if you think WordPress, but for .NET. Um, so WordPress has got a good share of the whole internet. Um, Umbraco's not got as many sites as uh, WordPress, but um, it's, it is really good to use. Um, it's I would people say it's more secure than uh, WordPress because of the problems that come with WordPress and PHP. Um, you know, so it, like that—that's the the main uh, comparison would be to be comparing it to a WordPress site. And the good thing about Umbraco is that you don't have to like the front end of your site. You can have any design, any HTML build that you want, and then Umbraco just powers that. So you, it just allows you to store the data for it. Um, in any way you want as well. So you build the back end however you want, um, all the data structures and everything of how you need it to be. And the output is exactly how you need it to be as well. So there's no um, 
no opinions on how it gets output on the front end there's no oh you've got to go along with this theme there's none of that it's just all you can have it custom made however you want really that sounds very awesome and i'm just wondering have you have you been on any of the .net podcasts to talk about umbraco yeah i did i went on um i went on cynical developer uh, to talk about umbraco and uh, when i did talk about that with him it actually inspired him to rebuild the website for his podcast in umbraco <laughs> i but, love it and and james yeah. is a great uh great guy I, I talk with him a lot uh in some of our slack channels yeah me too yeah we're always talking most days actually very cool. So uh, I we were running through this like Twitter conversation. And, and for those that don't know, like Pitt on Twitter is like all about empowering developers, letting, you know, hearing their stories, learning what people are struggling with. Uh, it, it's a lot of research on my end to help figure out what kind of content, what guests I want to bring in. And when I when I saw Paul's tweet, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, he was talking about something that was near and dear to my heart, which is the idea of just shipping. So let's talk about your project and ultimately what gave you the, I guess, the confidence to just launch it. All right. Well, so um, I'm on Twitter as Paul Seal, but um, co-chair Paul. And so I've got a blog called codeshare.co.uk and that was when I really started to put myself out there. I, I built that in Umbraco and um, I started just sharing what I was learning um, as I was learning Umbraco and as I was building my own blog. And I started tweeting about it and tweeting the links to the articles and I started writing uh, the articles. And what it was, I found that I started being more productive when I started to finish things. So when I started to, even if it was just finish an article, commit to do something like once a week and actually put it out there. And I even got to the point with my blog where I would just have more than one a week. So I just, when it was ready, I'd just put it out. So I, I'd, I'd noticed a change in myself over the last few years anyway in terms of that in that I'm actually completing things because we all have side projects and most of our side projects don't get finished uh, they're just that's what they are side projects in github that will probably never see the light of day but and I was always like that um, but since I started doing my blog I realized that I can complete things and whether they are useful to everyone or not it doesn't matter what feels good is that I finished something um, so I've I'm passionate about playing pool. I used to play for England and um, I like to watch pool matches on YouTube. It wasn't around when I used to play pool. I don't, at least I don't think YouTube was. Anyway, um, so I, I've got two ho main hobbies. That's playing pool and um, building websites. And it's only now that I've come back around to getting uh, watching the pool and that I realise that these money matches, like some of them are playing for £50,000 or more. They're, they're exciting to watch but they're all over the internet there's lots of different streaming companies that are recording them and I wanted to put them all into one place and I had this idea and it was about seven or eight months ago I'm going to do this website I'm going to put it all into one place and people are going to be able to search for their favorite player and watch all of their matches across Facebook and YouTube all through my site so that was the idea and at that time it was just an idea and I, I did have a logo because I asked uh, my friend James 
from Cynical Developer to design one for me after I failed on Fiverr to get one. It was quite funny actually, that was a learning experience in itself. Asking for a logo on Fiverr, I want to pay someone and it was just really hard work trying to get them to give me something that I wanted but I gave it to James from Cynical Developer and he, he did it like that evening. He just He knew exactly what I needed. So that's where my logo came from. Anyway, so I had this idea. It was just an idea and it was never going anywhere. I paid for a theme from Creative Tim um, and I thought, right, I've got a theme. I've got an idea. I've got a logo. I just need to do it. And I was always putting it on the back burner in the evenings. I just wasn't committing to it and finishing it. And my wife was like, come on, Paul, you can do this. You, you know, you, you've, you've built your own... Um, website you've helped other people out you know this is a good idea and people will benefit from it so um, I decided to commit some time to it and I got it to like nearly ready but then it, it went by the wayside again and it was only um, about a month ago I decided I was going to take a day off work so I used one of my holidays and I got it to like it's minimal viable product I just got it to it so what at what point will this website be useful to someone I need to get that out and I realized that as I was building it that the design I wasn't quite finished with the design so um, that that was going to be one of my tips is that make sure you're working towards a design because if you don't have a design it will be too fluid and you you'll never really know what's done on on each of these so I split it into small pieces each template was a piece was a finished product and um, each template had different tasks to complete. So uh, that, that's what I ended up doing. I, I had this day off work that, that I blasted through it to get this to a point where I could share it, put some um, matches on there that I found on YouTube and Facebook, and people would actually uh, find it useful. And, and uh, that's what I ended up doing. And I just I shipped it, and then I got feedback. People were like, oh, you've put the scores on. That's, an, you know... I don't want to watch this now because you've already revealed the score. <laughs> so it's a bit pointless that you've shared this because now I've seen the score, I, I don't want to watch it. It's like seeing your favourite football team play, but knowing what the score is, you may as well not watch it. <laughs> um, so things like that, I've got feedback. Um, and because I've set up continuous integration with AppVeyor, um, and I'm using GitHub for my source control, I can make changes to the site and push it up into github and it will deploy it for me and once i've got that sort of setup i've got trello with the cards for the little small tasks that i need to do that i think of and i've got my to-do list my in progress and my done column just three columns um i was just able to just every time there was something new to to be done on it i could just um, do that and people will see the results the next time they go on the site so as you were uh, telling that story, like I picked up so many things. So I, I'm glad that we're only 10 minutes in because I think <laughs> the next 20 are going to be all over the place. But <laughs> let, let's talk about the, the first uh, big thing that you mentioned, and that was the idea of building it to minimal vi uh, minimum viable product. Uh, I often see so many people that are just like, yeah, but it's not ready yet. Yeah, but it's not ready yet. Yeah, but it's not ready yet. And and you talked about that a little bit with the idea of having, you know, kind of having of where does this need to be? Like, what does this need to look like? Having a theme around it. And yeah. 
one of the things that I learned just in the little bit of design work that I've done in day jobs is it's always good to have maybe not a, a complete mock-up of what you're doing or what you want it to look like, but to at least have an idea, at least have a, this is what version zero is going to kind of look like. That way yeah. you can you can say, okay, it looks like this enough. Let me work on functionality and then get it out the door. Because for me, I'm always making design changes. Like my, my website or the website for Pitt has changed probably 12 times in the four-year career that is Pitt. So let's talk about that. What what was the what were the requirements for your MVP? Okay, so I mean one of the main things is like the the main point of it is that I would have a match page. So this would be a a race like I'm looking at one now, a race to twenty one frames each. So whoever gets to twenty one frames first for six thousand pounds, the date of the match and um who the players are and then hopefully an embedded video of the match because at the point when I was building it was always going to be for the past matches to start with so that was my minimum it, I would have a page I would have a home page and would have some matches that people could see and then I thought of things like having a player profile page and then when you click on the player you can see all of their matches and then I wanted a search page and when you search you could have all these filters I decided to simplify it take out the idea of any filtering yes provide a search but just search for the players and then it will also return back their related matches anywhere that they appear don't put any filters on for now I intend to do that going forward but for this I wanted people to be able to search for someone find them and see their matches um, and there was also the venue as well I had a venue but I wasn't sure on the layout for that and I wanted to put a Google map and things like that and I I was deviating from the creative Tim design that that I bought and I thought no don't deviate just stick with it it's it's like you say if you've got something up, up front that you know you're working towards just do that so I just implemented that as it was even if I wasn't happy with that's how it's going to be I was glad that I was um, releasing something you know, I, I look at some of the most popular websites, for me at least, um, I, I don't know how their numbers are across the world, but uh, when I think of sites like Daring Fireball and I think about, um, uh, uh, I feel bad now because I can't think, oh, Paul Jarvis's website, and one that I don't visit but I know a lot of is like the Drudge Report. These are all sites that do not really focus on design, or if they do, they're, it's a very minimal design. It, it's a, a simple background, the content in some way that's readable, that's controversial if you're thinking about the Drudge Report because the giant wall of text that's there is kind of hard to read for myself. But I love that you didn't want to deviate from the design of the theme because most of these themes are usually designed to provide an easy to read format for 90% of the use cases that that theme is applicable to. 
So it, it was really smart of you to say, you know what, just stick with the theme. Even if I don't really like how it looks now, I can always make small adjustments later, but this is good enough and this is going to be good enough for most people who visit this site. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the challenges I had was like with the um, with the match. Um, there was like a preview of the match. You've got the two player heads either side, and the v, and the V in the middle, and the names underneath each player. You know things like that. Um, that I had, there was pieces of there was elements like these were cards within the Bootstrap template, but I just needed to work them into this. And once I got that. You know that was a task that I'd completed, and right, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to worry about that too much. I will accept that, <laughs> and I can move that card over on Trello, and I can just slowly see my uh, my tasks moving over to the right, and you know know that I could start sharing it with people because I'd already bought the domain um, six or seven months ago. You know when I first had the idea, so like time's running out on that. It's just I'd had so many domain names that just expire and I did nothing with them. <laughs> so with that, was the movement that you saw in your Kanban flow, was that motivation to keep iterating on it? Like after every task was, you know, getting completed, you're like, oh, that felt great. I want to do that more, you know, move more yeah. tasks, move more tasks. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, because... I find with um, with sites like this, little side projects like this, if you break them down into small tasks, then if you've got an hour or something in the evening, you can usually do one of those tasks, and it feels good that you completed something, and uh, you get that little reward, that that kick that you wanted from that. That you, that we look. That's why why we enjoy doing side projects. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be doing it. I'd be playing uh, video games, but I've got to be honest, I've not played video games for years now. Because I get my kick out of doing this sort of thing. I know it sounds a bit sad, but I do. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound sad at all. I mean, I think that's the thing. I, I love tinkering with my website and trying new things. We just recently uh, converted the uh, web framework from, well, I guess like the front end framework from Bootstrap to Bulma. And oh, yeah. It was it was a fun challenge to do, and it was great because it didn't require any backend changes. So I knew that the site itself wasn't going to break. Uh, it was just a matter of, okay, hey, let's we'll start out with combining both Bulma and Bootstrap, and then we'll start slowly changing things. And then once we feel like we have all of the concepts taken we'll just remove bootstrap and see what happens. And in my opinion, I think the site has become much cleaner and uh, easier to read, at least for, for myself, which is really the, the important part, right? As long as it looks, it's good enough for us, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, as long as people are getting some use out of it as well, right? like the BBC website is really basic, but it's news, it's information. People are consuming it all the time. Um, when you mentioned Bulma, and I link Bulma with Umbraco because there is a, a Bulma starter kit for Umbraco that um, one of my friends, Matt Barlow, he he's created that one. So uh, you might want to check that out actually if you if you look into Umbraco and you like the Bulma uh, theme uh, or framework. Is it a theme or a framework? It's a framework. So it's yeah. it's like it's basically a competitor to Bootstrap. Yeah, so he's done it in uh, using Bulma, so maybe you'd be interested in seeing that. 
That's very cool. Yeah, send me a, a link to that in our, our little chat thing yeah, here. Yeah, will do. Yeah, I'll just find that. And uh, and while you're doing that, there was there was another thing that you mentioned. So when you're talking about providing a service for uh, videos that are all over the place, it would almost be so easy to create like a YouTube playlist or create like a, a simple like, oh, hey, here's a, a link affiliate or some RSS like integration. If you subscribe to this, then it, you know, gives you what all of the new matches. Uh, but you created a new site that is in some ways competition to uh, the YouTube and, and Facebook video feeds because you know now I don't have to get sucked into the wormhole that is YouTube and and I don't go on Facebook at all so I would miss all of those matches completely but you've allowed embedding of the videos directly onto your site did you ever feel like maybe that was something that worried you or you felt like oh I don't I don't necessarily want to compete with these big brands um so uh, my main like target audience for this website is a Facebook community um, where they talk about pool and it's usually in the UK because the the pool matches we're playing is UK eight ball it's the red and yellow balls you know the the 15 balls um, so that's my target audience for this and there's a community uh, the main one that I'm in there's like 14,000 uh, people on there um, so I I just wanted to I wasn't worried about taking on YouTube or Facebook or anything like that. I just realized that there was a service that could be provided for those people that appreciated pool like I do and really appreciated the money matches and often ask, oh, what's a good match to watch on board, you know, and things like that. And I just wanted it to be a central place where they could go. And, and now also I put the matches that are upcoming as well so people know um, when there's going to be a match on that they can go to moneymatchpool.com have a look what matches are going to be on this weekend because that's when they usually take place is at the weekends and they can see the links they, they go click on it they can even click on the date of the match when they're in the match page and that will add it to the calendar as well and it's just like it provides like a service for people that appreciate uh, pool and money matches uh, it's a very like niche target audience but um so I don't feel like I'm taking anyone on in terms of that with the streaming side. But like, if you've, I also noticed that people were saying, "Oh, it's on Facebook. I can't. I like to watch it on my TV." They can watch YouTube on the TV. They've got a browser on the TV, but they don't really work well with Facebook on the TV. Well, if they go onto MoneyMatchPool.com and go onto the match, they can actually watch the match in the browser and not have to have a Facebook account or anything because it's a public. Um, it's a public match and a public streamed video, so it's it's open. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. You mentioned having a community already established for, uh, I, I would say, your target audience. And yeah. I, I know for you, this was a, a project that you wanted to do for yourself. But was that a driving factor of, hey, this is a problem for me. Maybe it's a problem for someone else. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, it was a pain point for myself. I, um, 
you know, I was frustrated. I couldn't find everything. And the people that have streamed these videos haven't always put the right keywords in and things like that. It's been hard um, trying to find all the matches. It's been a long job, actually, longer than I realized it would be. Uh, just going back through the back catalogue. Uh, keeping up to date with new ones only takes me about five or ten minutes. But to give you an idea, there are at the moment there's 65 matches in there. On the on this site it tells you, and and it says there's a total of 1,233,070 pounds played for over those 65 matches. But finding out all the details of where it was played, who was who was who was there, what they're just getting some sort of picture of the player just for reference it's all public information and only public pictures that i've i've used on it as well um and, and all the videos and everything is all public it's just bringing that public information together in in that one place yeah so that's uh that's what i that was what the aim was for it was a it was a pain point for me and I, and i know i read from some of the posts it was a pain point for others and i think that probably what gave me the idea in the first place so you talk about the amount of continuous work that it has been. Do you have any plans to simplify or automate some of those processes? Maybe add a form that if someone says, oh, hey, here's a video that's not on your site. I've done some digging and found it. You know, can here you go. Uh, are, is that in the works or is that yes. something that you've thought about? Yes, yeah, so it's in the works. Uh, I've got a form already that's not uh, public. So if I'm logged in with Umbraco in the back end, I can then go to this page on the front end and I can enter matches using this form. So that speeds things up for me. Umbraco's uh, nice and easy to use anyway, and you can pick the already existing players and the venues and things like that. So you build up your, your match quite quickly. Uh, but yeah, I um, so I do have this form. The form's not quite finished yet. Um, and I was planning on maybe i've had a few people inquire about helping out with adding matches and things like that and then the other idea that i had was so i could link to the form from when they search for a match or search for a player and nothing comes up on the search results i could link to oh do you know about a match that isn't on here or something and then the other idea that i've had is i've got some history with creating chatbots in the past so i thought it'd be really cool to um to do it as a chatbot because that way you could it could just oh have you got a match you want to add yeah who you know who's the home player you know it was Bob who was the away player it was John uh, and where did they play and things like that and it can be building up the content for the actual match itself and then um, it can then w go for approval to me and then I can uh, once I've checked everything over verified it I can just approve it and I also made it quick and easy so that all you have to do is share the link to the Facebook video and the, the link to the uh, YouTube video. You don't have to worry about the embed URL or anything like that. So it, will aut it automatically takes that URL and creates the embed URL for, for the site as well, things like that. So I think the, the automated chatbot one will be good. And what would be good as well is uh, once I do do that, I'll write a blog post for CodeShare as well. And then share how I did it, and you know, a good little, just an interesting uh, blog post for people to to follow along with and share the code with them. You mentioned the uh, automatic embed creation link, and I was I was just thinking about that. Of uh, have you thought about doing any kind of web scraping to say, okay, if I know that most of my videos come from YouTube, 
if YouTube's, you know, site always looks the same, instead of asking for all the information, you could just ask for the link and then let a web scraper pull a lot of the content for you. That way you're, because I, I thought about you're like, okay, my chatbot would say, who's the home player, who's the away player, uh, yeah. where you could pull that information and you wouldn't have to ask me to say, oh, hey, do you have a link for this? Oh, put yeah. that in. Oh, this is the information that we have. Does it look good? All right, awesome. And then the site is already made. Yeah, I could do that. That's a good idea. I did have, a, um, I did think uh, along the lines of that, not necessarily built into the chatbot, but that'd be even better actually. But I did think about when you when you put the link in that it will just try and resolve that link and bring back the title and the description at least. But yeah, that's a good idea. I could uh, nick that idea, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy to help with that. So yeah. you mentioned um, you're using continuous integration. Were, were you using that from the beginning or was that something that you saw a need for uh, while you were developing it? Um, so I already use that on all of my um, websites and um, I've got some NuGet packages out and things like that. So I already use it for all of those. Uh, usually when I've got a site that I'm developing, it usually just stays on my uh, laptop for <laughs> or dies on my laptop and never sees the light of day. But if it's something that it's getting to the point where it will get released, then I always just add it to AppVeyor. Um, and then it it just works really well for me. They they've been really good to me actually. Appveyor, I did a blog post and a video about Appveyor, and they've let me have like a, quite a expensive plan uh, for free um, because I I did that. So that was really nice of them. And and I think that's going to lead to the last question that I had for you. Uh, you talked about. Have struggling to find a logo using Fiverr, and instead you wound up going with uh, our our mutual friend James for that yeah. information, and then also getting that emotional support and motivation to to keep pushing uh, from your wife, and and getting the idea originally from your Facebook group, uh, and now even this with the continuing integration piece, how how much has the community that you are a part of been a, a support or help in this project or other projects? Uh, definitely. Uh, the community is a big help for me. Um, with Umbraco, the main, the main attraction for Umbraco is the community. Um, like you go to these events and you don't even need to focus on the the actual technical talks it's the chats that you have outside of the talks you know the hallway track as they call it uh, that I get a lot of benefit from or the hackathon days and things like that so I've done hackathons with uh, James um, from Cynical Developer and Jamie from uh, .NET Core Show so um, we're, we're like part of a hackathon team uh, winners by the way <laughs> there you and, go. yeah so uh, I, I lean on them for support um, with technical ideas and um, and just yeah motivation and yeah my wife's been a great motivation and just people by people knowing about it as well is is motivating because they will ask how is that going on and that can sort of like I don't know it can help with the oh yeah you're right I've not done anything on that and <laughs> so yeah well, that's very cool. And and I definitely agree that community is a big factor in continuing to develop in some of these areas. And and one of the things that 
really drives the pit community is that same idea. There have been plenty of ideas that I have come up with. I'm an ideas person, like ideas come and go like at the cyclic rate. And Mm. the ones that I try to implement on, I often have people in the community that are kind of helping push that. I know a while back I was talking about a project that I started called Conf Talks, which was supposed to be designed for uh, helping developers find conferences in their area that are related to topics of interest, uh, kind of like meetup for conferences. But the the ideas kind of fall into the wayside as I've been trying to get uh, productivity and tech as a business, as an editing and content marketing business off the ground. But I still have people in the community that are submitting content to our initial like upload table. So it's great to see like people still going to the website, even if it's just, you know, five or, you know, five people or whatever, but they see a conference that's coming up and they add it. And it's not necessarily for others to view, but it's so that once we launch the site or the project, there's already content there yeah and it you know just working in a community that's supportive like that and and i will say that if you find a community where people are willing to share ideas what you'll notice is the problems that people have on twitter with people kind of being jerks or or rude or whatever uh you don't you don't tend to see that as much in the community. And a lot of that is because everyone there has a goal. And oftentimes when you're, when you're doing actual work or there's a little bit of friction to filter out the people that don't have a goal other than to make other people's lives miserable, (laughs) they, they tend to not want to do the extra work to do that. Why, why go and be a troll in a private group when I can just go on Twitter, do a quick search and then troll away. And, yeah. and that's how, that's why I love that you have found people through hackathons, through uh, conferences, through, you know, a Facebook group that has a very unique uh, and, and focused uh, idea or, or liking. And you're using that to build a network and a community around you that's also helping you by providing that support. Yeah, definitely. And it's about the culture that you're within as well. Um, so with the Umbraco community, there is this um, culture of being friendly. They're known as the friendly CMS. And I know that I can go on the Slack channel for Umbraco and for uh, the Coding Blocks um, Slack channel. And I know that it's just going to be friendly. Uh, people want to help. They want to see you succeed and they'll do what they can to help you. There's countless conversations on there from people. You can notice new people coming into the community and they get welcomed and they get helped. You'll see them posting quite a bit about, oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? And people will help them. And then slowly their questions will slow down because they're learning and getting better at it and then you see them start answering questions themselves and it's just nice to see and everyone just helps each other i do feel that is the progression of communities is you know you come in you're asking a bunch of questions and then the number of questions you ask kind of slows down and then all of a sudden you're no longer asking as many questions but now you're answering them uh and that cycle just keeps continuing and and i really like that i like to see that in communities that i'm a part of yeah me too 
All right, so this has been a great conversation, but we're going to wrap it up because we have an after show to get to. So before we finish that, I have to let everybody know that uh, this podcast as a whole is brought to you by each and every premium member that has said, you know what, I like the content. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and help make this show possible. And those people know who they are. Again, as always, thank you for being a premium member. If you are interested in supporting the show directly, uh, consider becoming a premium member. You can go to productivityintech.com slash memberships for more information on that. But by doing so, you get access to our private membership group in our Slack channel. Uh, once the forum community starts growing a little bit. We're also going to have a private, uh, some private groups in there for those members as well. And you also get a check-in with me at least once a week on whatever it is you're working on. Uh, if I have any insight that maybe I can provide, I'll do that. Uh, if I have any ideas or thoughts, uh, guaranteed once a week, I'll check in and see how things are going. But Again, that's productivityintech.com slash memberships for that. And Paul, it's been so great talking to you. Before we get into the after show, tell everybody once again how they can connect with you. So the best way to get in touch with me is on Twitter. I'm at CodeSharePaul. Awesome. Okay, so thank you once again, Paul, for being a guest on the show. We're about to get into the after show, but again, before that, I have to thank Nadir Omawali for the use of his music, A Hustler, in spite of myself, for the intro and outro music. And if you want to connect with what I'm doing online, you can follow me on Twitter at KJAYMiller, or you can follow product, uh, Productivity in Tech at prod underscore in underscore tech. Or as always, go to productivityintech.com for more information. Or if you have a podcast or a video course or a YouTube channel that might need some editing or maybe a newsletter that you want to get kicked off, I also do consultations for that and I'm looking for new clients. So again, all of that at productivityintech.com. For Paul, myself, and Productivity Intech, I'm Jay Miller and I will talk to you next time. 